Thanks for tuning in today. You're listening to the official podcast of First Alliance Church in Great Falls, Montana, creating passionate followers of Christ. Today's message is from Chris Magruder, one of our elders. Won't you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for your son, Jesus. I want to thank you for the salvation that he provides, for the sacrifice that he made, for the joy of knowing that his sacrifice was enough. And Lord God, I pray this morning that you would open our hearts. Holy Spirit, come, fill us, give us new life, awaken us, bring glory to your name through us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you do me a favor? Everybody just join me in taking a deep breath. (sighs) Let it out. Anybody else feel like you've been on some kind of a treadmill for the last several months? Like there's a lot of things. (laughs) Whoever said me, congratulations, you got it right. Thank you. That's awesome. Wow, somebody's paying attention. I haven't even got to the good stuff yet, buddy. All right. Anyway, it does feel like there are so many things to attend to in our lives these days. There's so many things to be concerned with, so many decisions to make. And that's why I asked Pastor Tim to read the passage in Acts about God not needing our help. I think it's important to remember who made this world, who decided what it would be like and what it would do. I mean, in this passage, we learn that God set the boundaries and the times for the dwelling places of man, and that he does not need the help of human hands. And I think that's really encouraging for us as we dive into his word today to remember that your life wasn't given to you so that you could help God out in achieving the saving of the world or the making it right or even deciding who the next president's going to be. It was given to you, according to this passage, that you should seek God. That's what it says in verse 27. The reason that this was done, and he made from one man every nation, and the reason that he gave us life is that we should seek God and perhaps feel feel our way toward him. And knowing that he's not far from us, because it's in him that we live and move and have our being. We don't breathe another breath without him. He gives us life and breath and everything. And we are his creation and we were made to know him. And in that joy, there is great joy and peace knowing I don't need to conquer some virus I don't need to conquer the social woes of my world. I don't need to conquer my own problems. I need Jesus, the one I was created to seek. So turn with me in your Bibles. We're going to dive into chapter 10 of Luke today. We're going to read chapter 10. We're going to go through chapter 10, verses 10 through 20. 
And what's happening in this section of scripture is Jesus is sending out 72 of his followers to proclaim the gospel. And just before this, he's telling them how they're supposed to go about that. They're not supposed to greet people on the street, but they're to go into town. They're supposed to find a place to stay and stay there the whole time. They're supposed to tell them about Jesus. And then he's warning them, beginning in verse 10, to tell the towns what will happen if they don't accept this message. What happens if they reject the the disciples? And he begins verse 10 and it says, But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to your feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the long in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. And so what we see here is what Jesus thinks about people who reject Jesus. And he uses, beginning with, the town of Sodom. The most famous sinful town in history. He tells them that you're going to be worse off than that town. Now he doesn't nullify what Sodom was famous for. Their sexual deviancy. Their sin in debauchery and rape. And all kinds of evil that they were doing. Violence. And homosexuality, and he doesn't reduce that. In fact, he's using Sodom to give them the weight of what it means to reject Jesus Christ. Because the followers of God, the, the, the Jews, would have known how bad Sodom was. They would have seen that as the worst thing. And he's saying, the worst thing you can think of is evil. Rejecting Jesus is more evil than that. And he goes on to say, Woe to you, Chorazin and Bethsaida. Because if the works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented, but you haven't repented. And this is really an amazing thing because the works done in Bethsaida, Bethsaida is one of the places that Jesus turned the five loaves and the two fish into enough feed to, food to feed everybody, all thousands of people. And those people saw that, and yet, if they reject Jesus having seen that, they're going to go to hell. And he tells them, you're going to be worse off because you've seen those miracles and you've rejected me. And that makes me want to stop and think, now what about Tyre and Sidon? What were they famous for? What was it that made them someone that Jesus would say to these People in Capernaum, hey, you're going to be worse off than them. I mean, clearly the people in Capernaum, the Jews, would have known what was up with Tyre and Sidon. And the fact is, Tyre and Sidon were were, uh, towns that were trade towns. In fact, 
Solomon, King Solomon, got the wood to build the temple from Tyre. And because of their trade, they had become super powerful, super wealthy. And they began to think that they were something big. In fact, their king thought he was a god, and they worshipped him as a god. And in Ezekiel, in in the book of Isaiah, but also in Ezekiel, we're going to look today, there's actually a prophecy against Tyre in the book of, of Ezekiel chapter 28, where we see what God thinks of Tyre and Sidon. And he says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is proud and you have said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of the gods in the heart of the seas, yet you are but a man and no God. Though you make your heart like the heart of God, and listen to this, you are indeed wiser than Daniel. No secret is hidden from you. By your wisdom and your understanding, you have made wealth for yourself and have gathered gold and silver into your treasures. By your great wisdom in your trade, you have increased your wealth and your heart has become proud in your wealth. Therefore, thus says the Lord God. Because you make your heart like the heart of a God, therefore, behold, I will bring foreigners upon you, the most ruthless of nations, and they shall draw the sword against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. And that's exactly what happened to Tyre and Sidon. The the Chaldeans and the the Babylonians came upon them and destroyed those cities and overtook them, and they, they were totally wiped out. And the people that Jesus is talking to would have known that. And it was increased by the fact that Tyre and Sidon were Gentiles. And the Jews would have known, like, this is really insulting to the Jews because they thought that they were chosen, God's chosen people, and now they're being told they're worse than these Gentiles who rejected God to the point of thinking that they themselves were gods and that they were that wise, as wise as God. And he goes on here in, in Luke... To say, and you, Capernaum, which is the town where Jesus lived quite a bit of time while he was in his ministry, he says, and you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades, to hell. He's telling them, if you reject my message, if you reject the message of Jesus Christ, he sent the 72 out to tell the world the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, if you reject this, you're going to go to hell, the place of eternal punishment. And if you go to Revelation and you read about hell, it says, the smoke of the pit goes up before the Lamb and the holy angels forever and ever. The Lamb is Jesus Christ. The lamb is the savior of the world and the smoke of hell is going to go up in front of him forever and ever. The message of this is super hard. I mean, I'm not giving you this message like, hey, Chris has it figured out. I have some big powerful sermon to give where I'm gonna show you what it's like and you people, this is Jesus's words. This is the man that is love telling you If you reject Jesus and pursue your own wisdom and your own way to God, you're going to go to hell. So don't. So don't. 
Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to the message of the disciples, the gospel. Listen to the message I'm giving you now, the message of hope that your wisdom, the kind that makes it so we've been nothing but tired, I'd make you take a breath to slow down so that you'd stop for a minute trying to save your life. And he's telling you, here's this hope. If you reject this hope, you're going to get what you ask for, your way of saving your life, your wisdom. But you could have Jesus' wisdom by putting your faith in Jesus. Don't be the one that goes to hell. And he goes on to say, the one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The disciples tell the truth if they use this word of Jesus. They tell the truth, and that is then the word of God, this, and the message that they bring makes it so if you ignore it, you're rejecting God. And remember where we started? The whole reason you were created was to seek God. And I want to I talk about this in context of America. Because I think America is just like Tyre and Sidon and just like Chorazin and Capernaum. I'll tell you why. They're not the same. There's two problems going on. America thinks that its wisdom has made it wealthy. America thinks that it's the best country in the history of the world. America thinks that it's got it figured out to the degree where we discuss keeping God out of our government. We in the church have even bought into the idea of the separation of church and state. The whole point of the state is to glorify God. Just like everything else in the universe, the point is to glorify God. And the reason we're here is so that we can enjoy that with him, but not so that we can have our own way and our own wisdom. I mean, we have psychology that ignores this. Running most of our ideas. When we have struggles, people want to know, well, what's, you can read the Bible, sure, but maybe you better go to a counselor. Well, if the counselor's not reading this, don't go to them. That's the world's wisdom. I have a really small example that can prove this in 30 seconds. Do you think it's right to spank children? Anybody ready to lynch me yet? The psychology of our age says that's foolishness. The Bible says, do it. You decide, is it the wisdom of the world? Or is it the wisdom of the word of God? And that's what he's saying. Don't reject this. This is the words of life. Don't let this go as though this is nothing. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore Chris when he stands up and freaks out and acts like a moron and tells you, look, here's the life that you can have in Jesus Christ. It's the message of the gospel. Don't reject it. Because if you do, you'll get your end. You'll get your salvation, which is hell. Because that's what your wisdom gets. But the wisdom of the gospel is that in Jesus Christ you can have life, life everlasting. And the next thing that happens is the 72 have gone out and they return. 
And this part of the message is the part for the Christian. This is the part for the ones that have gone out and told people about the gospel, the ones that have accepted the gospel. He says the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And it's interesting because what he's, what's happening here is they've been given gifts from Jesus to go with power into the world to tell the gospel. And they're rejoicing about what they have done, the power that they have experienced, the, the gifts that they have. And Jesus doesn't, doesn't say that's bad, but he does. He says, in fact, he says, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So he knows that they had power over the demons. And he even saw Satan fall from heaven by the power of God. Just like they saw these demons go out, he saw Satan fall from heaven. And he says, and indeed, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and, and nothing shall hurt you. He's saying, I've given you gifts. I've given you these gifts to go out and be safe while you're doing this. But don't, he goes on to say, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. That's the spirit, that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your name is written in heaven. And this is like the church. This is about the church. This is what we do today. Like the whole book, end of the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 15 is where the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is telling us about gifts. And there's many today who want to know about the gifts of God. And we get focusing on the gifts, the, the kindnesses of God toward us. And he gave us these gifts. And Paul teaches them how to do it. And then in 15, chapter 15, he ends it by saying, but I want to remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I gave you as of first importance... That Jesus Christ died on the cross, that he rose from the dead, and that he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God. Even the apostle, everywhere in the Bible we get, it's not about the gifts. It's about Jesus. And it's the same message that he's giving to the unbelievers. Don't be enamored with your wisdom. Christians, don't be enamored with your gifts. No, Jesus Christ. No, eternal communion with God that you were created to have. The reason he made us was to seek him and find him. And Jesus came to give us the path to find him so that we could what? Have eternal life with him. So that we could experience the joy that is, that is to be had in eternal relationship with the lover of our souls. So that we could experience the joy of knowing that it isn't our victories and our wisdom and our power that saves. But it's Jesus Christ who saves us. And then we can have peace evermore. Don't, don't ignore this. Don't. Don't just think he's yelling too long. I know, and when you're giving a social oration, you're not supposed to yell the whole time, but I can't help it. Do you know that Jesus Christ died for your sins so that if you put your faith in him, you will have everlasting life with him and joy? 
and that you won't have to try to figure out how to fix the problems of the world? Is anybody tired of trying to figure out what to do next to save our country? Nothing. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and rejoice that you have eternal life. And he goes on, in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Listen to that. This is Jesus. In this message where I talk about hell, and people in our society go, Chris, take it easy, man. You're not being loving. It talks about Jesus rejoicing. Friends, Jesus is love. And he told us not to go to hell because we could have him. So it is the most loving thing that can be done for me to stand here and tell you what he told us. And he goes on to say, in that same hour he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Son or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And I think this could be one of those passages that gets kind of confusing. How's this related to rejoice in eternal life or don't go to hell by ignoring the message of Jesus? This part here where Jesus is saying no one comes to the Father except the one that he reveals him to. And he's rejoicing that God's hiding this from the wise. What's the very same thing as Tyre and Sidon? In their wisdom they will know nothing that saves. He will not reveal it to those who count on their own way to go to heaven. That's not going to get it done. He's not going to redeem you because you do it right in your own power and in your own wisdom and in your own strength. In fact, he's going to hide that message from you. If you think you're going to stand before God someday and say, God, I did this right and that's going to save you, you don't know the truth. If you go to God the Father and say, I'm here because I've earned my way, he's going to say, you go to hell. But if you go to the Father and you say, your son died for me, I'm, I'm counting on him to save me. He's going to welcome you into eternal habitations and joy everlasting will be yours. Recently, most of you know that my father passed away. And I'm saddened by that. It's true. I, I, you know, I didn't want my dad to go away. But the truth is I have great joy because I'm so happy for my dad. He's in a place where he is totally accepted. 
He's in a place where he has no more pain, no more tears, no more trying to figure out what drug to take to cure him from Parkinson's disease, no more agony, no more Thomas Magruder wisdom, all God's wisdom, all God's love, all God's acceptance. The God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die so that if you'd put your faith in him, accepts you into eternal habitations with joy. If you put your faith in him. And then he sends us into the world to tell people about Jesus. Why? It says in verse 16, the one who hears you, that's the disciples. The one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And then he says up here, the one that the Son chooses to reveal him to. So he's revealing himself to you right now because I'm proclaiming his words to you. And you have this opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. Don't let it go by. Don't ignore it. Don't think you've got it figured out. Don't ask yourself, do I believe this or not? Your wisdom will never save you. If you look at this and you go to it and you say, I don't really believe that, you're wrong. I know, you're not supposed to tell people they're wrong. You're supposed to tell them, well, you're kind of right, but that's not true. If you don't believe this, you're wrong. And I'm wrong if I don't believe this. And it's a message of love that your works won't save you, but Jesus will. If you put your faith in him, I beseech you, put your faith in Jesus Christ. Don't let one more day go. You don't even know if you have tomorrow. He gives you life and breath and everything. You can't even move without God because it's in him that you have your moving. And you still think that you're going to save yourself? My friends, the gospel is that God loves you and that he sent his son to pay for your sins so that in Christ you can have eternal life. Don't let it go by. Don't let the wisdom of the world distract you from the point of being, which is to seek God. If you're here today and you haven't put your faith in Christ, I beg you, put your faith in Christ. I'll be around after Tim's here. Seek out somebody and talk to them about it. It's not a difficult message. Your way won't get it done. Jesus' way did. Put your faith in him. Let's pray. Father God, we just praise you and we honor you and we give you glory we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for what he did for us. Help us not to depend on our ways, but to put our faith in Jesus Christ. And it's his, in his precious name that I pray. Amen. We hope you are blessed by the message today. Follow us on social media to keep up to date with church news and events.